That's right, everyone. It didn't get any more gangster than yesterday with Tyrod Taylor, the OG QB, stepping up and helping out the New York Giants. Defeat to Washington Commandos, 14-17. The defense came up big. They came up like seven up. But, you know, at the end of the day, the quarterback gets the win. You know, I, I find it funny. The quarterback is the only one in the NFL outside the head coaches that has a, a win-loss record. And and we've talked about this before. You, the quarterbacks gets too much of the praise when they win, and they also get too much of the blame when they lose. So I always take it with a grain of salt. Yesterday was a team effort, 100% a team effort. Uh, the defense stepped up big in the first half. Had some issues in the second half, and and we're gonna we're gonna kind of go through. We did a video yesterday, right after the game, but I kind of want to talk about some of the issues that the Giants had and on uh, with, with play calling in the second half. Some of the issues the defense had in the second half because it really was a tale of two halves. And if you look at it, the Giants probably should have had at least thirteen additional points. Um, Kayvon doesn't drop that interception. He, he's he's got. I mean, how do you drop that? I, I mean, honestly, you're supposed to be this 20-something-year-old stud athlete, and he throws the ball right to you. And, and I know you're not a wide receiver or a tight end, but come on. And then we also had the uh, the Saquon Barkley fumble, which at least you figured was going to be three points, and then you had the Graham Godot miss, which was three points. So right there is 13. So this game was a little bit closer than it needed to be, but it really was the tale of two halves. And I, I don't, there was, um, there was a story reported, I think it was Pat Leonard on Sunday afternoon, or Sunday morning, excuse me, that uh, Brian Dable, and I'm not saying the story's true, and I'm not saying the story's false, but I do find it interesting that he was the only one to, the only one to report it, or the fact that it, it came out so late uh, in, in, in the process, it didn't come out during the week. It, it came out on Sunday that, uh, Brian Dable took over all of the responsibilities in the offensive, um, on the offensive meetings for the entire week, uh, that he basically ran the offensive meetings like he did going back to the Buffalo. And I can't tell you if that's true or not. Cause the Giants still only put up 14 points and there was multitudes of what I would like to refer to as suspect play calling in that second half. And, and I think that it's something we need to look at. If you take a look at the Giants' first half, they, they, were, they were moving the ball efficiently. They were moving the ball on the ground and in the air, but they used a good mixture of pass and run plays to kind of to complement each other. And it, and it really did keep Washington off balance. It, it didn't allow um, the deficiencies in the offensive line to be so prevalent with the way they were calling the plays. They were mixing they were mixing it up brilliantly. I mean, though they only scored 14 first half points, I was thinking they could get another 14 in the second half. You you score 28 points in the game, you think you got it won. You think you got it wrapped up. And then they went in at halftime. And this has been the problem with the Giants under Dable and even going back to Joe Judge. It's the halftime adjustment. And I'm not saying that the, the, the Giants didn't make the correct halftime adjustments. I just found it interesting that the play calling all of a sudden shifted. It was all of a sudden we are going to run almost exclusively, it seemed like, on first down. There was no more, you know, taking a shot deep on first down. 
There was there was no you know play action no play action pass. It was almost like they were making a concerted effort to and, and you of course you always want to win the game, but it was almost like they were making a concerted effort to try and not lose the game. That they were trying to sit there and say, hey, listen, uh, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna lose this. What we're gonna do is we are we are going to effectively work the clock, and our defense is playing well. So let's try and move, uh, you know, like there was a, and uh, matriculate the uh, ball down the field, like, like you always do. But you look at it, you look at what they did at certain times. It was six plays, 29 yards, uh, had the ball for 240. Then you had three and out. Then you had three and out. And then you had a nice 10 play drive. Then you had, you know, so, I mean, it's just weird that they just seem to at, at, at times just kind of go in the tank a little bit, the Giants. Tyrod Taylor has like 60 plus touchdowns and only 30 interceptions. He's not a guy that's going to put, he's not a guy that's going to put the ball in the hands of the defense. You showed that you had the ability to go deep, to take shots. And you did that with Jalen and you showed that you can open up the defense by doing that, especially in the first half. And you can kind of confuse them a little bit because we always say, now listen, our offensive line is bad. Washington's offensive line is just as terrible. But you could you could show the ability and not worry so much about the fact that you're going to take the sack because if you can keep the defense off balance, then you and you can keep them guessing, then you can mitigate the rush. Now the problem was, like I said, in the second half, it seemed like the Giants were just kind of it seemed you know it kind of seemed like the Giants just kind of went into this kind of. You know, we're, we're, we're not going to let them, we're not going to lose by letting them beat us in reference to, you know, having a, having a turn or having something else. And like I said, you had a bunch of series that were just three and outs. And if you take a look, you know, like I said, it, it just kind of didn't make sense. And then when you did throw on first down, you know, you followed up with a one yard run for Saquon Barkley. So you put yourself at third and nine and it kind of followed that pattern going into the second half. And I don't know what changed. I don't understand why they just didn't stick with a philosophy that worked. And I'm not saying that Brian Dable was calling the plays. I'm not saying that Mike Kafka was calling the plays. I just find it interesting that you had this article that he, that, that Brian Dable took over the, the play calling. They looked like a totally different offense in that, in that first half. And then they looked like a totally different offense in that second half. And I don't know what changed when they went into the locker room. Tyrod didn't. Tyrod, Tyrod played well. Tyrod did everything you expected a 34-year-old quarterback to do. 18 to 29, 279, averaged 9.6 yards a play, two touchdowns. <laughs> I, I mean, he did what you needed him to do, added another 25 yards. So if this was Daniel Jones, we would say, well, he had 300, he had 300 yards in total offense. <laughs> he had a length run of 20 yards as well. So he did what needed to be done. You had 32 carries for 106 for the Giants, but you only averaged three three point three yards a carry. So I, I don't know. I don't know what changed because then, if you took a look at what was going on in the first half defensively, we were getting pressure rushing five. And you know, normally, like I said, normally if you know most times you rush five, but we got pressure rushing five. Was you know four on the front line and bringing either a linebacker or a um, or safety in, but we got we got a lot of pressure in that second half, first half doing that, 
Now I talk about when Ricky Stromberg came in, it, it kind of sh- the, the whole complexion of the line kind of shifted a little bit, but also I think Wink didn't go. He, I don't think he continued to go with that type of rush. They showed they showed a stat on CBS the the amount of pressure the Giants were getting if they rushed five, and then against when they rushed four. And I don't think they were laying back in coverage. I just didn't see the same intensity and same blitzing and, and the same, you you want to say, uh, you know, what's a, what's a good word? The same, I don't know what to say. It, it just wasn't the same in the second half. It was There wasn't very many exotic blitz, blitzes in the second half. Again, it was almost like we're going to keep Washington in front of us and we are gonna we are gonna stop them from scoring instead of going into an attacking style defense. So really, like I said, this this game could have gotten ugly quick, but we did come up with some big plays. We came up with that nice uh, Jalen Hyatt pass that, of course, we had the fumble with Saquon Barkley that helped uh, you know really helped you know move the ball down the field. You know, in other words, it, to me, it was like a long punt at that point in time, even if you missed, because of the fact that they still had to come down and score an entire touchdown. You had to, you had to, before that fumble, you had to play, you had it for 10 plays and, and 72 yards. Um, so, so you, you took a lot of time. You took a lot of time. You took some time off the clock. We, we got the ball with 13 minutes and 23 seconds and we took it down to seven minutes. So, and then, uh, of course they went on a 17 and, and it was funny cause they, I was texting people during the game. And I said, this has a Buffalo feel because they want us Washington then turned around one on a 17 play drive for like 85 yards before they went out on downs. So they were moving the ball down the field on us. You know, they, they were, they were showing they didn't have the same fear of their offense or excuse me, of their, of our, of our defensive line as they did in the second half. And Sam, Howell kind of started putting it together. Sam Howell's a good quarterback. Sam Howell's not a bad quarterback, 22, 42, two, uh, 249 yards. He did have the interception. It was sacked six times. Um, but I think he's going to be a good quarterback. I don't think he's going to be a pro all pro. I don't think he's gonna be a pro bowler, but he does have this. He does have this something about him. I mean, I think he's going to be more than an above average NFL quarterback. I love it because someone was telling me there were some people doing a sh- live stream of the game that's saying that, well, Daniel Jones is better than Sam Howell. <laughs> uh, not statistically, but but okay. But where do the Giants go from here with the quarterback situation? Where do you go? Where do you go, my lovely? Oh, yeah, we got a new, we got a new Tyrod Taylor sound effect just for the Tyrod. Who's he? The OG. QB. I'm hoping the OG QB comes up like seven up again against the Jets. I'm hoping he plays. I said I did find it interesting that if um, Daniel Jones did came up, come back and he came back against the Jets, I think it would be a disaster because to me, the Jets have a top five defense. They have a championship defense. They just don't have a quarterback. So I, I do, I do find, I do find that interesting that we're going to head down. We're going to head down that primrose path in the next over this next week. That will Daniel Jones play? Will he not play? But you, you got to give everyone big props. I give props, big props to Darren Waller, big props to Hyatt, of course, and Banks, uh, Deontay Banks. We're going to talk about in a minute. And Darius Slayton um, and the whole defense itself. Bobby O'Karake played another good game. Dexter Lawrence looked good. Hell, even let even King of the Almost Sack got in, got his sack. I love it now because I said we were going to call him King of the One Sack. Uh, but everyone seemed to have a good mixture. 
we did have four tackles for losses. Um, but I, I keep seeing a, uh, a trend that disturbs me a little bit. Uh, Washington had eight tackles for losses. Uh, so, so again, we got doubled up on tackles for losses. Um, Washington also had four sacks. We had six sacks. So the offense, the also the offensive line is still a work in progress. The what the offensive line. I love this with people. The offensive line has not gotten any better. The offensive line is just as bad as it one with da- as was as when Daniel Jones was under center. Justin Pugh is horrid. Justin Pugh is terrible. Justin Pugh, I love you to death, bro. And you were a good giant, but you you like Clint Eastwood used to say in Heartbreak Ridge, hey, don't don't go away, man. Just 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 go away. Um, Chase Young abused him. And again, in the second half, they started running away from the Justin Pugh side. And and I think at times that caused the Washington commanders the the understanding that they need to start collapsing that side, and which would be the which would be the the left excuse me the right side instead of going you know so I mean it's just I mean it's just it, the offensive line is still bad. Phillips like I said I love Phillips man Phillips like he came back and said I've learned a lot since I've been gone. And then he turned around at one point and just didn't even block anybody. And it was uh, Montez Sweat went in and got a huge sack. He didn't even block him. He was literally standing there like, oh, shit, we're playing football today. Um, so the offensive line is not getting any better. So what's the common denominator? We've talked about this. I know what the common, I know what the common denominator is. You know what the common denominator it is. Who's he? The OG. QB. It's the guy under center. We've said this a million times before, and we've had so... I mean, I've said this a million times before. A lot of people on the show said it a million times before. You can have a terrible offensive line. Look at Eli Manning, 2011, 32nd-ranked offensive line, and he still put up numbers, and he still took the Giants to the Super Bowl. You could have a bad offensive line and a great quarterback. A great quarterback is going to make your line better. A great quarterback is going to make your wide receivers better. Hell, a good quarterback is. So the difference is we went from taking we, – we went to – we had seven sacks in the last two games and 10 in one game and, what, eight in the other one? What was the difference? The line has not gotten – we've lost players. The line has not gotten any better. It's the guy under center. And I'm sorry, if you have – Tyrod Taylor to me, like I said before, I love the OGQB. He's not the answer, though. Hell, Tyrod Taylor is not even the question. The question is, you paid a guy $160 million who can't cut it because of the fact that he doesn't make anyone around him better, he doesn't process the play fast enough, and he's got zero pocket presence or pocket awareness. There, there was the time that Chase Young was coming from Tyrod Taylor's blind side, and you saw that Tyrod sensed it, and then he cut and moved and went. He still took the sack because he's not fast. He's not as fast as he used to be. He he understood he needed to run away from that side. And then I love it because Tyrod Taylor on his twenty yard run, which was a quarterback run, he checked out of that play. He must have saw something before the snap, and he checked out of the initial play, which was a run. But then I laugh because you watch him, he checked back into the same play. And then he went to a 20-yard run. I've talked about this before with Daniel Jones. It's okay to audible out of a play. It's okay to read the defense, look at something, process something, and say, okay, this is what they're going to do. 
I need to check out of this play and give my running back or wide receiver or tight end the ability to make a play. And we've talked about it before. Watch the ball placement with Tyrod Taylor. I had to hear against all the, the all shorts team that uh, Dalen Jones had the best ball placement they had seen in years. But you're playing against the all shorts team and the cone team. It's a little different when you got the rush coming at you. Tyrod Taylor, not every time, but I would say the majority of the time, puts the ball in a position where the running back, the wide receiver, or the tight end can make a play and extend the play. They can get a little bit of a yak. Like I said, it was nice to see Wondell Robinson get a 22-yard run because he got he was put in a position where he could split the defenders by Tyrod and make the and make additional yardage. Daniel Jones has a tendency, we talked about it story. He throws people into contact. And I'm worried that we're going to go up against a Jet team who's got a great defense, a really good secondary, put Daniel Jones back there again, and we're going to go back to the same results as the Seattle game and the 49ers game. We're going to have a live stream today, so make sure everyone jumps on. So get your questions ready. Jump on in, and let's and let's uh, let's talk about this big win. And as always, we're going to say it one more time. Who do we love? Who's he? The OG. And again, don't forget to like. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to ring that bell because you want to know why. That'd be awesome.